It's week 14 of the regular season. Yes, it is. And this episode, we have a lot to talk about. So let's dive in and get the... Well, I don't really want to say lesser This is definitely but... going to be one of the most interesting episodes we have ever hosted. Mm-hmm. We have a lot to talk about. Yes. A lot and... to talk about. Yeah, and we got a guest coming on at the end to talk about the draft, so stick around for that. But Yeah, this episode is so long that I don't even have food. <laughs> I'm just saving it for later, because I want to talk. I might have food at the end. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so let's just get get all the games over with, I guess. Yes. Um, oh, boy. Let's see, where did we leave off? Cleveland? We... Oh, yes, because I hadn't gone to the game yet, and they hadn't lost mm-hmm. yet. So they did so... lose 6 nothing. Yeah, game two <laughs> of Cleveland is where we got to unfortunately start off at, yeah, 6 nothing, And it... <sighs> it was just bad all around. There was... Massive rain delay, and then Fox decided not to air it and was talking about the news. What well, It was being aired, but on a lot of people's stations, it was just playing the local news. So, Yeah, I was there, hard so I to... caused this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 6 nothing. Strowman was not great, but he... But he wasn't bad. Yeah. He, was, he struck out seven his... people. Yeah, most of his earned runs came from Merriweather blowing it later on. So Merriweather's been bad only when I've gone to see him. That's <laughs> crazy. But yeah. You're telling me. Shit is fucking insane. <laughs> Every time. I've seen the Cubs score five runs this year. In three games. <laughs> they all came in one game. Oh man. Yeah, this is what to expect when Legion goes to games. So just keep that out for the future. Next time, I'm just not going to tell you when I'm going to a game. And then when they lose, I'm going to come back and say, oh, yeah, I was at that one. And it'll all make sense. So. Uh, that sounds like a plan. So I guess we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, well. Anyways. I don't think I'm going to another game this year. So. Maybe we'll win out the season. Nope. Uh, 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 yeah, six nothing loss. Who cares? Mad. Oh, and the final game. Night, they actually final still lost, was... but this one was somehow even better. So I went to the worst game of the series. <laughs> I want to kill myself. Um, yeah, final game. I don't know what happened. I wasn't listening. I was busy with this one. It was a Tyone start. Oh, so lost. Right. They, um... We'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, they were out 6-2 to this game, and then bottom of the ninth came, and they actually made a four-run rally to tie the game. But they couldn't win it. No, they couldn't, because in extras, Alzai gave up 
stupid little base hit up the middle, ground ball to Josh Naylor, scored two runs, and then bottom half of the tenth, the Cubs, I think they went one, two, three to end the game, which yeah, imagine that just wasting extra time that could have been used just for lost literally night, anything guys. else. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of getting our hopes up, but that's what happened. And then, and then we have the most interesting series that we have ever covered and probably this ever was will. Truly right one of the greatest four game series the Cubs and Brewers have ever played. And I mean it was a split. Just, probably just the most interesting one of the most interesting the Cubs have ever played, period. Yeah, it was a uh, regular season. At had least. about everything you could possibly want, and then some. Uh, yeah, and then the other that way one around. One of the teams too. isn't competing with the other team, but uh, yeah. So, Cubs went into this series six games under five hundred, and left six games under five hundred. That doesn't really tell a whole story. So, game one. No, no, it doesn't. You can summarize game one for me. I want to kill myself. Uh, game one was... Um, I'm trying to find the... The box. Just a second here. No, 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 no. I'm trying to find... Ah, here it is. This game was June 30th, 2021, all over again. So almost, so like almost a year to the day. Wait, like almost a year. Almost two years to the day. That's that's amazing. Pretty close. On the road, too. Yeah, against the same team in the same park. The only so difference I, was the collapse happened much later in the game. There was no 15 runs scored. Not even so, combined, yeah. but oh, it was... My God. Oh, God. It was the definitely started, one of the games of all time. Yeah, it's that's the best way to put it. So, the Cubs started this game with back-to-back three-run innings in the second and third. To make it six nothing, and then and you're thinking this is great because Drew Smiley's on the mound and he's been he's been solid, and the Brewers are 29th in baseball against lefty pitchers, and this is great. And we if we can win this game, this is a big series, and this is a great start. And we came to play clearly, and the offense is hitting, and this is going well. And then it was almost as soon as I noticed that it was six zero that the lead started to evaporate. Yep, it went from six to nothing to six to three to six to six. Yeah, and and, and you're and you're and I'm listening to the radio and I'm thinking, okay, six one, and then Jared Young can't field a ground ball at first base. Okay, six two, and then Yelich who tripled. That was a triple that Young let by his glove. Okay, now he comes in a score now at six three. I I just have to wonder how different it would have been if Young had 
got that easy grounder. I don't know. Probably would have still lost. Um, <sighs> That's probably probably right. So yeah, six three, and we're going along. Fulmer comes in. He does really really well. And, you know, sixth inning ends, top of the seventh ends, and you're thinking, okay, it's getting late. This is good. You know, it's getting late. They still got a lead. doesn't feel very safe because it's only three runs. In the, in the rule in the Cubs and Brewers series is that no lead is ever safe until the game is over. And this goes, no, no matter or not, how big for both teams. This <laughs> does go for both teams. The Cubs have blown that seven-run lead, and then they did blow this game. But there were there were those two games at Wrigley Field last year, where the Milwaukee was up like six to three in the eighth, and they lost eight to six at Wrigley, and then the Cubs came back with Madrigal, oh yeah, in the ninth inning on the Fox Cubs, last year. The Cubs, for some reason, have a very good amount of success against Devin Williams, who's yeah, that is interesting. Very, he's I don't know what place people rank him but i know they he's top always 10. the top I, i've seen him even top one and top three on reliever lists so i mean they yeah he's they like could, he's like they could the never do this to hater yeah. well I, that is well, well towards the end like of the haters well towards the end suzuki. of career in milwaukee they did do it twice suzuki and then pj higgins <sighs> And then yeah, Rizzo but... had his moment, but they lost because of Edwards. God. Yeah, but Josh Hader to this date has still never allowed a run at Wrigley Field. Well, so... maybe that'll change someday. I don't know. One it's a lot harder hope. because he's on the Brewers. But uh... Anyways. Let's see. Where was I? Oh, Yes. Might as well just um, so- sign him this offseason. I think he's a free yeah, agent after this year. That would be fun. We can talk about that. Well, actually, that I, I don't know what I want to talk about because that makes me think of something Hoyer said where he said we hope that eventually all the guys in the bullpen are coming out of our own, uh, are all in-house, but at the same time, that would be a really good addition. That. I don't think that's you'd a want terrible all strategy. Your... Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible. It's not worked uh, at all so far. No. Well. Well, I mean. I mean, it's in, not in it's some not as bad departments. As... It's worked, but yeah, like, bruh, no. Yeah, I don't really think that we have a closer right now. I mean, Alzali, but yeah, I don't know I don't how know. true of a closer he is. Yeah. Setup man, I could see it. Yeah, and there's lighter. like three people in the bullpen that are reliable. Yeah. Elsley, uh Palencia's been okay. He's been good. Lighter debut and so Merriweather. Far. And lighter, uh, yeah, I guess Merriweather. He kind of reminds me of Ryan Tapera, Merriweather. He's either on, he's on most of the time, but then there are times when he just gets lit up like nothing else. Yeah, that's about right. So yes. Anyway, six three in the seventh inning. Brewers load the bases with two outs, so you get one more out, and then you're going to the eighth inning with a three run lead, and you're feeling pretty good. And uh, 
Oh my God, there's a bug in here. Oh God, it's above me. Sweet Jesus. What is... All right. Just edit this part out. Um, <laughs> you're just going to have to edit this part out. I was just about to make a point. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know where it went. Anyway. Uh, all right. So, yeah. 6-3 in the ace uh, with two outs. The 6-3 in the seventh with two outs. So, you get one more out. And you're feeling pretty good because then you got a three-run lead heading into the eighth inning. And... Yeah, so then up comes this guy named uh, Jemai. Yeah, Jemai Jones. I think it Jemai was Jones. first MLB game since 2021. Yes, so the second his he name was announced on the, on the radio, second his name is announced <laughs> on the radio, you know. <laughs> you know he's doing something because no one's ever heard of him before. So, of course, yeah. the first pitch, three-run du- double tie game. And the Cubs lost pretty I, much on that hit. Lighter should have been in to start. There was no reason to have K in because oh, Council right. was obviously... Was yeah, because Council was obviously going to take out Winker when he saw K coming in the game. So, I don't... <laughs> what was Ross thinking? He wasn't. Uh, what's what's new? Nothing. <laughs> Ross doesn't think. So the Cubs blow a six nothing lead. Game is six six. Cubs don't score. Brewers do. And yeah. And that was it. Brewers won eight six. There was no way that the Cubs were gonna win after they blew a six run lead. But a four run lead. This is where it gets really interesting. So, yeah. Lord. So, game one happens, and you're thinking, all right. Sellers. Yes. You're thinking, okay, it's over. You're thinking 2019 four-game series at Wrigley Field against the Cardinals sort of ending. Oh, no. (laughs) Did not need to think about that tonight. Yeah, well, anyway... You're thinking it's completely fucking over, essentially. Uh, and it wasn't. But that didn't mean it was easy, because... Because nothing game, ever comes easy with this team. No, no, no. Uh, the next day, Cubs take... 4th of July, the Cubs take a 6-2 to two lead into the 8th. <laughs> And there are two outs. I'm pretty sure there are two outs in the eighth inning, and they have a four-run lead. So they have to get four outs before they give up five runs. So I'm sitting by the radio, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if now... And then a runner, I think a runner reaches base. And then another runner reaches base. Or something like that. There's like two men on. And they haven't scored yet. But I'm thinking to myself, okay, if they do this again... I'm going to jump out the window. <laughs> like, I had one foot in the tub, and the toaster was ready. <laughs> I I was 100% confident that they were going to do it again, without a doubt. I I really... It, was, it started off as kind of like a joke in my head. I started saying, like, man, don't do this again. Kind of like that. And then they started to score. And it's 6-3. And then it's 6-4. And it's like, what the 
But like, no way, right? No way. And then the inning ends. That's like, okay, two run lead in the ninth, not at all safe. But there's no way that Milwaukee actually comes back again for the second day in a row, is there? There is. <laughs> there is, actually. Yes, yes, there is. The Brewers came back and tied it and nearly won it in the ninth. Tie game at six. I'm on the ground laughing because I can't believe that this is happening again. I couldn't believe it. I thought that it was some sort of sick joke. I mean, what are the chances that that happens again? And then, of course, they get the out and they go to extra innings. So then you know for sure that the Cubs are going to lose. Like, they don't win these games. And so the 10th inning happens. Cubs don't score predictably because they line into a double play. Which is just the most Cubs thing ever. Getting, uh, I I can't even be, like, what? Uh. It, it was, there's just no words to describe that. It was, oh, man. That's when you knew it was over, for sure. Like, 100%. Oh, yeah. That's when you knew the game was over. Brewers were going to win, and they nearly did. So, 10th inning comes in. And Palencia comes in. Yeah, making his Major League debut. What a time <laughs> to be making your debut. Hey, it's your debut in the most important series of the year and probably the most important game the Cubs have played in, like, four years. So, go get them, kids. Like, <laughs> um, you know, gives up a base hit. Here comes the winning run. But Ian Happ had other ideas, and he saves the day. Guns down the runner at the plate. And then Owen Miller is gunned down at second base by Miguel Amaya trying to advance. And it's a double play. And they go to the 11th inning. And that was maybe not when you thought the Cubs could win. But it was like, okay, it's not over. <laughs> it's not over yet, essentially. It's, it's not over. We, we still have, like, we still have a game to play. But, you know. I don't know why they would send him. Uh, I don't know. I think he did that on his own. Or you talking about the what inning? You talking about the tenth or eleventh? The tenth, especially oh. because I saw a replay and the ball is in Hap's glove, and the runner uh, Monasterio or whatever his name is, he's not even to third yet, and they and Jason Lane, the Brewers' third base coach, sent him anyway. Which I am at a loss. I don't understand that at all. We appreciate Jason Lane here. We do. We 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 tip our hat to Jason Lane, true Cubs fan. Uh so the game goes to the eleventh, and there are two outs, and there's a runner at third, and Nico Horner hits a ground ball up the middle. That's usually going to be a base hit, cleanly, and Adonis fields it and almost does the Francisco Lindor play from game seven of the 2016 world series where he fields it and he spins from the outfield and throws up the runner at first. Oh yes. When I was listening to the radio, cause I can't watch the games, but when Pat Hughes was describing that play, I immediately thought of that. I thought, Oh gosh, 
oh god, like no way, right? Because Adonis turns into Derek Jeter against the Cubs for some reason. I don't know why. He just does. Just has our number. Yeah, he's, he's kind of mid too. Slam. So yeah, it just—I just don't get it. Yeah, but thankfully Willie Adamas is not Francisco Lindor, and the Cubs take the lead seven to six, and the game is definitely over because the Cubs have to take the lead to lose, whenever they're against the Brewers, um, and they almost did. Again, and Palencia is in for the second straight inning and gets two outs, and there's a runner on third, and there's a fly ball to left, got and Hap comes out. in. Yeah, you got one out, and then you got, I think, a pop out, and then Hap, and then the Hap play happens. Fly ball to left, Hap comes in, makes the catch, and the runner tags, and Hap guns him down at the plate, didn't even touch home, and that's the game. And the Cubs win. Inexplicably. Yeah, Ian Happ gunning down Saved two. My life. <laughs> two. Yeah. Um, He's ready to end two outfield assists in two innings. That's something you don't see every day. Nope. It's something you'd expect from someone like Jeff Francoeur, but not Ian Happ. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely that's one of the best endings to a Cubs regular season game ever. Mm-hmm. That game was wild. Yeah, it. I was so certain it was a loss, but it's just hard to find words for it. Honestly, I love it. Yeah, but I mean, I was... don't know how we won. Yeah, there was a lot of but even then, and a lot of negatives. But yeah, even then, it's like, okay, David Ross has now blown 7-0, 6-0, and 6-2 leads at Miller Park. All in, like, one of those games happened early on. Two of them happened in late innings. Fire this man. <laughs> like... You can't be doing that. You cannot blow six nothing and six two leads, and and like keep your job. I mean, what the hell, man? I I don't understand how he wouldn't be on the hot seat. He absolutely <laughs> has to be. It's it's ridiculous what he's done. But yeah, it's just, we uh, do about it? I don't know, but uh, yeah, maybe they're waiting to fire him until like the team is actually good. <laughs> Unrelated note: uh, Kevin Alcantara has been red hot lately. He had two home runs tonight. Right. Um, a little. Can't remember how long ago, but I want to say it was about three weeks or a month ago. His OPS was sitting at around six thirty-five. And yeah, and 
You have now to remember it's... that he's playing in cold weather for the first time in his life, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Basically like Bellinger when he first got here and went 0 for 11 in that first series. Ah, uh, yes, I was there. It sucked. <laughs> now he's hitting 300. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, now his OPS is up to like 760 or something. I don't really know after those homers, but... I know before I checked earlier this morning and it was at 741, so I would assume it's a lot higher. I don't know if they've updated it yet, but I'll help there. My phone's at 1%. I think if you take, if you go from like the first week or second week of June, he's, his uh, WRC plus is like 120. Bellinger? And for whatever reason, no, uh, or, Alcantara. Oh. Were you talking about Bellinger the entire time? No, I just I just didn't know who you were talking about right there. Oh no, um, but uh, he's a very good prospect, and for whatever reason, Fangraphs dropped him. Yeah, or MLB and... Pipeline dropped him from the top one hundred. Like it doesn't make any sense because he was at sixty eight to begin the year, and then he actually starts doing well, and then the mid season they're like, "Yeah, you're gone." That that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why were you even? Why'd you even have him there? <laughs> it's actually yeah, doing cause, really well. Because there'd be a lot of people they'd have to drop off then. I guess. Like Chorio. Yeah. Got, uh, yeah, Owen Casey's doing better than Chorio. Chorio has like a 710 OPS, and he's ranked like number two, so. Just made zero sense at all. I hope that after once they update it, I think sometime after the draft that he'll be back on there. But I don't know if they actually update it or just add drafted players. Yeah, I mean, it seems like drafted players always get a lot of uh, hype when they first Mm -hmm. show up. Um. Yeah, that's initially how it goes. Anyways, game three. Uh, this game was somehow... <laughs> somehow, game two was like... It was a classic, and then game three was also a classic. It didn't make any sense. It was... They were both They were all awesome. classics. They were all classics. All of them. Like, all of them were games that... You know, each fan base had two games that they'll look back on for years um, as being awesome. The only problem is only one of these teams is actually winning. <laughs> yeah, so, one yeah. of those is looking to turn it around soon and maybe might be doing that, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll within the next two weeks, we'll we'll know. What's gonna happen? Yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. So game three. This game wasn't nearly as exciting for the first eight innings. Brewers Steele started this one, and uh, Willie Adams hit a home run, which is just adds even more to my dislike of him. Um. And uh, that grand slam off to Para in 2021. Yeah, that was him. 
That was kind of the start of all of this, to be honest. Yeah, it's. Uh, don't ever want to think about that. Well, uh, the uh, Brewers are up three to one, ninth inning. Cubs have done jack shit the entire night, pretty much, uh, on offense. And uh, Devin Williams comes in. And you were right. The Cubs, for whatever reason, do have a lot of success against Devin Williams. Just, I, I remember the Jock Peterson home run. I don't remember the other times. Can you remember one? Oh, the magical. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's true. That's weird because that involved no one that was playing in this game. Madrigal also hurt himself. Yeah. In the first games so that just also I compounded. Feel, I feel like there was another time. Hmm. I don't know. I thought they got him twice this series. Am I thinking wrong? Series. Um. Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. My knowledge. Oh, well, wait a minute. Because maybe. Because maybe he was on the mound in the 11th? Um. No, he, well, was he? I honestly can't remember, to be honest. No, he wasn't. It was some guy named Andrews. Oh, that Clayton Andrews, I think. Yeah. So, ninth inning. Brewers are up by two. Devin Williams, the all-star closer, is coming in. And uh, I have no hope. And then the Cubs get a bloop by Bellinger. And then a bloop. Not a bloop, but like a weird base hit by Jared Young with one out. So, then ground ball moves the runners over. So, two outs. And out comes Mike Talkman. And uh, tying runs are on second and third, which, of course, will make this only more painful when he inevitably doesn't come through and gets called out on three and two. Uh, So just bracing for the end here, and he spites off Williams and somehow is able to line a two-run, perfectly placed two-run double down the left field line that drops just in front of Christian Yelich, and the game is tied. Two runs score, and Talkman is at second, and it's three to three. Yeah, I honestly think Yelich could have easily got that if he had taken a better route, but luckily he didn't. Luckily he didn't, and that was the difference. That basically sums up this entire series. Yep. Like, this could have happened if this player had just done this, but they didn't. Um... And that applies to all four games, too. That also applies to Brian Anderson. <laughs> who um, That specifically applies to Brian Anderson because Nico Horner came up and like two pitches later hits a ground ball to Anderson. It's pretty routine, even though Nico Horner's fast and Anderson had to go to his left a little bit. But Brian Anderson, who's, who has, uh, who's played more outfield than infield in his time with Milwaukee, throws the ball low to first base and Talkman comes around and scores the go-ahead run. 
and it would prove to be the winning run. And if Nico Horner is out at first, the Cubs lose. I, I, it would only be tied, but I would bet a lot of money and say the Cubs do not <laughs> win that game because of shit that has gone down at Miller Park or American Family Field. I miss when it was called Miller Park. Rolled off the tongue so nicely. Um, it's still boring, at least. So that will never change. They, uh, if, if he makes that throw, the Brewers win three out of four games in the series. In my opinion. Who knows what would have happened. But he didn't. And so the Brewers only split. That's... This series was it was really like that. There were a bunch of individual plays that you could look at and say, if this hadn't happened, this team would have swept or taken three out of four. And that's why the series was so good. Because it just felt like everything hinged on everything. Everything was so important. So right. the Cubs take the lead and Alzale comes in and somehow throws a one, two, three, ninth inning, and that's it. The Cubs win the game. Four to three. Uh, one of the most, one of the wildest and gut, uh, gutsiest comebacks of the whole season, probably of the year. Yeah. I mean, uh, game. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna move on to game four, but you can. Well, go I was. Ahead and I was mention... gonna say. Um, just to highlight how crazy this inning was, opponents were hitting, were just uh, one for 58 against Devin Williams with two strikes on them the whole season. And the Cubs went two for three. They got two, two strike hits in three chances in the ninth alone and one. And that includes the Mike Talkman double. That doesn't include the Nico Horner single. But, man. <laughs> that wasn't a single. It was an error. But, you know, just incredible. And now the Cubs have a chance to win the series with Stroman on the mound tomorrow. So you're thinking all is well and all is good. And then game four. And that does not happen. No. But really, were we really expecting that they would actually win three out of four in Milwaukee? No, but they did a very good job of teasing us. I can like they would do so. Yeah, that's how it goes. Like you were saying, the if this player did that, if 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 the Cubs would have swept. Yeah, if the Cubs if, had held on to a, if the Cubs hadn't brought in Anthony K. I don't even know why he's pitching in that spot. He's, he Wasn't he like a waiver claim or something? I believe. I'm like, why are you having a waiver claim do that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, if the Cubs, if, if Anthony K is replaced by a lighter, Cubs might get out of it. Hold on to that lead. If Jared Young gloves the ball at first base in game one, then they win three out of four. If the Brewers don't send the runner in the 10th inning in game two, the Brewers probably win three out of four. If Devin Williams gets one more strike in game three, 
Or if Brian Anderson doesn't fire the ball load, first base, the Brewers sweep or win three out of four. It just it could have gone any direction. And then game four was, mm-hmm. was probably the least tension-filled game because it didn't go all the way down to the end and it didn't feature a crazy comeback. But it was still like it was still just like that. And uh, still yeah. sad. Still sad. This time the Cubs didn't uh were not on the good side of this one. And they were riding high. And they had Strowman on the mound. And the umpires got in the way of this one. Yeah, so I honestly don't remember what all happened up to the point of the, the bad calls. But uh, I know this umpire absolutely loves Victor Caratini. Yeah, the uh so the Cubs took a one nothing lead and Patrick Wisdom came up a number of times with people on base and did absolutely nothing. And he needs to be gone happened. immediately. I really just cannot stand him anymore. This guy comes up and is an automatic strikeout. I think in his last 86 at-bats leading up to this game, he had 44 strikeouts. That's almost a 50% strikeout rate. That's insane. That's non-playable. You can't be here. Like, David Bodie could do better. It's over 50%. It's true. Um, And just today, I mean... We'll talk about this again, but he got his first hit in almost a month. Granted, he did have the IL stint, but... But you're trash. <laughs> um, yeah, it's way to put it. Yeah, so the Cubs have... They're in the fifth, and it's one nothing Cubs, and there's one out. And Victor Caratini is at the plate, and it's a full count. And Strowman throws a pitch that was called strike earlier in the at-bat. The umpire calls it a ball. So Caratini goes to first. The next batter comes up and flies out to left. So if Caratini had gotten called out, that fly out would have been the third out. But instead, four runs score with two outs, three of them being a three-run home run by Christian Yelich. which just barely got over the wall. Yep. Pain. Without that stupid, stupid call. If, you, if the umpire calls that a strike, the Cubs win this game. They win this game 5-2. to two. And they win the series. They take three out of four in Milwaukee. When, when they could have actually swept, the Cubs easily could have swept this series. Can you imagine how awesome this would be if they had swept the series. That would have instantly made us buyers again. I mean, even taking three out of four might have put us there. But right now it is still undecided. Yeah, I mean, anyways, so the Brewers are up four to one, and I'm thinking, everyone's thinking it's all over again. And again, it's not. And Cody Bellinger hits a two-run homer, and the Brewers take another run. It's 5-3, to three, and Jan Gomes comes up in the eighth inning and swings at the first pitch he sees and crushes a no-doubter 
to left field to tie the game at five. Like, what is this series? <laughs> Cubs don't do this against any other team. I don't think they do this against the Cardinals, really. I don't recall them having games like this with them, where it's just back and forth. Back and forth, I don't think so, but... I don't know. They had some good games against the Cardinals, but... Point being, it's always some crazy stuff that happens against the Brewers whenever we play them. Yeah, I mean... The, then that lead, that tie lasted for five minutes. Victor Caratini came up, and Michael Fulmer was brought in. And I will say, for as bad as David Ross has been, that was actually a good move. Because Fulmer has been really good over the last month. And he gave up a home run, a solo home run. What are you going to do? I mean, it was a good move. It was the right move. At least it wasn't Anthony K. You'd rather get beat with one of your better pitchers than someone you've never heard of before, like in the wild card game when Zach Britton wasn't brought into the game. Um, oh man, and Zach Britton, he just kind of fell off, didn't he? Yeah. So the Brewers win six to five. Caratini hit that home run. Yeah, I don't know why Caratini just has to keep torturing us. Well, he has to play for us. So. Yeah, he hit that walk-off home run last year. I think it was last year. That game was so painful. It would have been so fun to win that one because Suzuki's inside the park home run was the difference. That was... But then they won the next game. That was funny because then they got to hate her the game after. Well, the Suzuki home run was a game they won. No, that was they lost that one. I don't think so. Suzuki hit the home run, and then David Robertson came in, and the Brewers tied it down to their last out. And then in the tenth, Caratini hit the home run. I remember because I was listening to it with my whole family. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. It was five to two, the final. If only we had that version of Seiya Suzuki this year. Yeah, to be fair, he's getting very unlucky, though. I feel like he's been getting unlucky, like, the entire year. You could argue his whole career he's been getting unlucky. All he does is hit the ball hard and then got nothing really to show for it. I mean, even today, he had two batted balls over 109.5 miles an hour, and they were both outs. I mean, he did have three hits in uh, game two, I believe it was. So, there's that. But, you know, he's not really hitting home runs, and that's what makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, I guess anyways, that's all split. for the Brewers series. It's and... the craziest series ever for, that we've covered on this podcast. Easily. Uh, and while it would have been nice to have swept or gotten three out of four and you can look back and think, oh, they could have done this and this and this, the only consolation I have is that the Brewers can say the exact same thing. They can say, we should have swept. So both teams should have swept that series and it was a split, and that's almost perfect. 
because that perfectly sums up the series. Each team got a game that they probably shouldn't have won, and they did. Yeah. Although it didn't yeah, really help the Cubs. The best. So. Well, I mean, I kind of went in expecting us to lose three out of four. So I kind of went in I said something like that, yeah. But I said that they're at, they absolutely cannot do worse than a sweep if they still want to stay in, or worse than a, a split. split if they want to stay in contention. Yeah. And that's what they did. Yeah. The problem that's... is the Reds keep winning. <laughs> so that's something I don't think the front office really anticipated because or like anybody. Month, yeah, or anybody for that matter. Because like a month ago, not not even a month ago, like two weeks ago, the Cubs were three and a half games back. And now they're seven back. And that is the Cubs' fault because they lost seven of eight. And remember when we were on this podcast last episode and Tom Ricketts said we're going to buy unless the wheels fall off? And I specifically said, I don't think the wheels are going to fall off. And then they lost <laughs> eight of nine. <laughs> Like, I, I remember that so clearly. I was sitting where I'm sitting now, and I said, yeah, unless the wheels fall off, but, you know, I don't think that's going to happen because I think the team is pretty good this year. And then they lost eight of nine games, and the wheels fucking fell off. Like, all of them fell off. God, they fell off on the middle of the highway, too. But that's the thing, because, like, we're getting into this discussion that I've been waiting to have for like a week. I was thinking about this the entire time through the Brewers series. I was thinking if you're, you know, I've Jed Hoyer's been running the Cubs long enough and I've been reading those articles saying he wants to buy if he can. And I was thinking like Hoyer's going to look at this series and he's going to, and if he makes the decision to buy, it's going to be this series that he looks at because he's going to say something along the lines of, when we went to Milwaukee, we played a really good series, but and you know we had two really great games where we hung with them and we pushed them to the brink, and we and we battled and we came out on top. But we had two other games that showed us the obvious flaws that we had that needed to be addressed at the deadline. So I thought if he decides to buy, this is the series he's going to look at. Now it's still undecided. But and you know, but they are seven games out of a wild card spot and of the division. So you would think they're gonna sell. But I have a hard time with that. And I'll let you talk. So Um well I think we should save most of the trading stuff for the next episode, but Briefly, I think what you said was true, that that was pretty much the perfect series to look at if they're going to make an excuse to either buy or sell. So, yeah, that's just something to expect within however long it is, a couple weeks. What's today? July? I don't know, the trade deadline's in a few weeks, but... I don't have 
a choice made yet. Nobody really does. I, I don't think the choice will be made until like two days before the deadline. I really don't. Yeah, I think unless, we're going to let this thing run Unless all they the lose way like down. four in a row. Yeah, yeah that's like the that. thing. They can't really lose more than three in a row. And even then, that's really a lot. So. Yeah. <laughs> On the bright side, there's been no 11 and 12 game losing streaks this year up to this point. So uh, Wasn't there an eight game losing streak or something? I don't think I don't think so. What am I thinking of? Last year, I think they lost six in a row, or something. Maybe something like that, but that's about half of what. It's about half. So Ross is improving. (laughs) Oh God. No, but yeah, I just I, I I can't totally justify either position. And I agree, I'm undecided because you look at the team. Okay, they're after tonight. They're five games under 500. They're seven games back of the wild card and the division. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just because yeah, they, they won 11 of 12, and who says they can't do it again? Although that's not... I know, I know. And and I look and at it, like and we I were think... mentioning earlier about how the once August hits this. The schedule gets a bit easier, so easier, yeah, it's a bit easier. So, with some help, and the Reds are playing over their head. I don't think the Reds are this good. No, not at all. Like, no, they're not. Especially they're just, not with Hunter. They're playing on out. vibes, really. They're really playing on like energy. I don't. Th- I think because you know, after a while, energy dissipates. Um, but you know, when you think about it, heading into the year. They said, okay, well, you know, heading into the year, there was there was a little bit of maybe blowing the team up a little bit, like hyping the team up by management and ownership. But heading into the year, I think the thinking was, okay, the team might be able to get to the playoffs. If things go well to get into the playoffs, I see us as being maybe just outside of the playoffs, and that's what I predicted. I said, I think we're going to go 80 and 82 and we're going to miss the playoffs and finish in third. And we won't miss it by a lot, but we'll be like two games under 500. And yeah, we'll miss. And they're five games under. So it's pretty close to what I thought they would be. I thought they would be over 500 more than they are. They're like consistently under. But, um, you know, playoffs wasn't exactly like a stone set goal. Like the St. Louis Cardinals heading into the year, Okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna win the division. This is the year we're gonna win the World Series. We added Contreras. We're gonna do it. And then they're in last place, and they're yeah, selling that, for sure. Yeah, the Cardinals and Reds just kind of swapped this year, I guess. I guess so. Really weird. Um, and people say like, okay, the Cubs should sell, and it's like, all right, but. I can see where you're coming from, but then at the same time, the Cubs have a lot of really good pieces on the roster that are all, and they're all playing well. Like Stroman is doing well. Steele is doing really well. You know, those are the two of the best pitchers in the national league. Horner is doing well. Swanson is doing well in his first year as a free agent. He's already put up a three uh, wins above replacement. 
Gomes is doing well as a veteran, but then you also have Amaya doing well. Some of the bullpen pieces are doing well, like Alzale, he's doing well. Um, and Hap is doing solid, and Bellinger is doing really well, and he won't stick around. So it's like, I, you know, all the other pieces, they're going to stick around probably to next year. I don't know about Gomes. I hope so. Yeah. Gomes has well. a Gomes has a team option for next year, so I really I don't, don't think they're gonna decline that they're not at all. Let him go, yeah, no. Um, but all these, all the players that are just listed are playing well. So, I just feel like if you may, if you sell and get rid of these guys, you're just creating more holes to to fill in the off season, and then you're just banking on way more. And I feel like if you add, it'd, it'd just be in the same spot they are this year. Yeah, and going and into like, the season. And I feel like if you add, then it, maybe you don't make the playoffs this year, but you put yourself in a better position for next year. Because if you add someone like that will be here next year, maybe or something like that, or I, I don't know what you would do. But if you if you at least keep the group together, like at the very least, if you just stand pat and you keep Strowman, and then and you know you keep the group together, and then you add pieces in the off season because they need a third baseman, a first baseman, a bullpen help. I think you could be really good next year. So mm-hmm. it's it's tough because I really I don't want them to sell because it's bad for morale. But also I think if they sell, they're going to be the same team that they are this year next year they're just gonna like they're gonna take a step back and then in the off season they're gonna have to make up moves just to get to where they are now so now one of those moves could really catapult them forward and that would be to get otani but i don't think they're gonna do that so it's a very tough choice (sighs) yeah otani would be very nice i I don't know what next year's free agent class is like. Honestly, I haven't looked very far into it, but I don't think it was as good as this year's. There's a lot of arms, but there's not a lot of hitters. Aaron Nola, he's going to be on the market. Uh, Luis Arias, or uh, Julio Arias. He's going to oh, be there. Definitely need to spend a lot of money on the bullpen. Yeah. I just feel like with a little help, they could be good, and they would start winning some of these, like, close games. Yeah, I just I yeah, think I, they just need some help. I, I really saw, don't think they're that far. Yeah, I saw earlier that if – what was it? Something about record and – one-run games, if those records in one-run games were flipped, the Cubs would be first in the division right now. I mean, yeah, it's just, they feel, it feels like when I look, when I like watch them and listen to them, it it feels like they're better than their record suggests. It doesn't feel like they're five games under and seven games up. It feels like they're right there. And they feel like the series against Milwaukee. Yeah. The expected win-loss record on the MLB.com standings has us at like first. five games over 500. Yeah, in first place. So 
So I feel like we just need. I help. think you should. <laughs> like, yeah, I think you should just bank on your luck kind of coming around too at some point, whether it's later or earlier. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm thinking because, and if you don't make the postseason, then you don't make the postseason. But you know what? This wasn't the year that you went all in to make the postseason. This was kind of like, okay, if things go well. We'll be in the postseason, but we won't be maybe the number one. We won't be like one of the top three seeds. We don't know. So if you don't make the postseason, then you don't make the postseason. But I think you should try to buy because I don't think you can. Like I just, uh, I I don't, I don't want them to buy. I don't. I mean, I don't want them to sell because that would be really boring to watch and cover in the second half, and I'm tired of doing that. Yeah, but also I I don't I really think that if you just give the group some help, and your luck will start to change. I think things could go well, and you could really like start to make a push again. You did win eleven out of twelve like last week, so <laughs> things can change like that with this team. I mean, we have a stretch where we face the Tigers and the Royals, and then we're facing the Nationals after the All Star break. So the schedule does get a little softer. Not to say that those teams aren't going to beat us, because I remember that the Nationals <laughs> won three out of four when we were in Washington in May. Oh, man. Can't. But, you know, I'm just saying. And the um, starting of the third week of August, got two against the White Sox, three against the Royals, three against Detroit, and four against Pittsburgh. Hmm. Then you play. That White Sox series is going to be interesting. Yeah, then you play Colorado twice in September and play Pittsburgh again. So I I really don't think I'm I'm thinking about it now, and oh man, I I almost wish the trade deadline was like in two days so that there was no more margin for error. But unless well, they lose unless they start two losing days we'd be... Yeah. I don't know. I don't I... know. If it if it was in two days, I think we'd would buy. I really do. Because I think I don't know. That's the thing. It's it's a tough call. But I think if the Cubs can win just a little bit because they're going to come home and they're going to be at home and they're going to play the Nationals, Cardinals, and the Red Sox. And I think if they can win some of those games and stay just in it and stay, like, around this area, like, you know, four or five games below or even get close to 500, I think they'll buy because I don't think they want to sell because that's really bad for morale and PR. That's a terrible move. Like, oh, hey, we signed Dansby Swanson, and now Dansby – you cared so much about winning, we're going to sell your teammates to other teams. Like That's like that's terrible. So it's going to be really, really, really close. I don't think it's – it's not like last year and the year before where it was decided at this point and we were just waiting. Yeah, that's but true. I think it's going to be like the last week before the deadline. Like I think it's going to be – Let's see. I'm just going to look at the schedule. I think it's, you know, last week before the deadline, we have – we're going to finish with the Cardinals at home. 
then the White Sox, then the Cardinals, then the Reds. So, it's going to be a really tense week. And I can totally see the Cardinals thinking, hey, we have a chance to make these guys sell. But then again, maybe the Cardinals will already be unrecognizable by the time we actually face them. Because they are definitely going to sell. Um, So, yeah. I think it's going to be like the last five days. Yeah, we'll go uh, more in-depth next week with our kind of just predictions about the deadline because we'll have a better well next week we'll just come up with our own trades for both situations as in buying and selling so we'll each come up with a few and we'll just kind of spread them out on here and see what you guys think but yeah we'll save more for later I think we've got enough of the deadline talked about here so yeah. we should probably get this Yankees game done. I haven't talked about it yet. No. Game one against Yankees, another series in uh, uh, New York. And the Cubs, for the first time ever, have won a game against the Yankees in the Bronx. You're going to hear this later in the podcast about the Cubs not winning a game ever there, but the draft segment was recorded before this, so that's why you might be confused later on. Anyways, Cubs win three to nothing and Jameson Tyone absolutely shoved against his former team. Eight shutout innings after I don't even think he's been six innings all year. And yeah, now he's gone eight innings of one hit, four strikeouts, and two walks against his former team. So this is just the most hope. unexpected outing of the entire <laughs> season. What? Yeah, James so, Dion through eight shutouts. <laughs> what? Yeah, so hopefully, hopefully that just turns the season around for him because we know he's not as bad as he has been in games before this one. So yeah, the Cubs, I, the Cubs are. Go ahead. I don't really. Uh, he was just going on about him. Oh, it's. Yeah. I, I was just going to say the Cubs are now. Well, they're now three and twelve in games that he starts. And, you know, they were two and twelve. So if you take those fourteen games, even if they had just gone five hundred in the games he had started, they would be like forty-seven and forty-one. So. It's crazy. It's really. like, God, they're not as bad as they seem. Okay, it's all—it's like a razor-thin edge that they're operating on here. There's just like it's these little things. If he can just turn it around and be five hundred, that would be great. Just like, please let this be a building block. I couldn't believe it. Apparently, the Yankee fans could. They said that their their offense is putrid. Uh, well, that, Cubs won. Yeah, Cubs win. Got two more in New York before the draft and All Star break. Oh, 
Speaking of All-Stars, Cubs All-Stars were announced. That would be Marcus Stroman for his second time. Justin Steele, first time ever. And Dansby Swanson, his second appearance. Uh, Stroman and Swanson have both said that they're not going to play. Stroman said he wanted the rest, and Swanson is having a little issue with his heel, so he's going to get rest too. Steel, I'm gonna assume is gonna pitch, so that will be cool to see. But mm. yeah, there's that for all stars. Pretty cool to see Steel finally get some recognition. Recognition. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess just a few Ross moves to go over as well. Palencia obviously got called up. <sighs> Did really well. Post. Yeah. Two shutout innings. Got that win in his first career game. Uh, Wesneski got option to the minors, which we're all assuming is to stretch him out to join the rotation later that on. It's intriguing. Yeah. Uh, because Boxberger, who would he be replacing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they trade Smiley. I Maybe. He's probably the one guy that I can see going. In yeah, and not... Oh, God. Uh, Boxberger got transferred to the 60-day IL. I can't... Retroactive. I can't remember what day. It doesn't say. Wisdom activated and Madrigal put on the IL. Of course, right after he gets hot. So that's that's mm-hmm. Cub. Hashtag the way it works around Cub. here. Yeah, yeah, it's different here. Uh, Those were such bad hashtags they picked. It backfired so bad. What did? Hashtag that's Cub and hashtag it's well, different that's here. That's been around for years. That's been around since Theo Epstein took over. I never, I never saw it then. I just saw him. I thought it was their 2021 thing. No. When Epstein took over, he like got the whole staff together and said, "There's this saying going around, and like whenever someone does something stupid, people say that's Cub, and we're gonna change that." And they did for a brief time. Why do I not they did. remember that? I mean, it worked. They they won and went to the playoffs five out of six years for a time there. So maybe you need to bring it back then. I guess so, uh, yeah. So, uh, this wasn't yeah. So you're still going over the roster is. I uh, say it was funny. All... The Yankee broadcasters. Some, there was like a ground out tonight by Giancarlo Stanton. He grounds out, and the Yankees. Michael K says, uh, <laughs> he says the Yankees are getting shut out by a guy with a six ninety three ERA. And they were, and they did, eight scoreless innings. I don't know. I'd like this was the. I thought Cubs would take one out of three in New York, and they still probably will because Garrett Cole is pitching tomorrow, and that's not gonna work out. Even even if Drew Smiley does well, hmm. Maybe we can short ports Cole. Maybe he does give up home runs, so there is that. But uh. Garrett Cole's pitching tomorrow, and then Domingo Herman is pitching the last game. 
that is Hendricks. Hendricks is on the mound for the last game. So I was thinking, okay, that's the game they're going to win. But they maybe won this they, one. Maybe they will take two and surprise everyone. The Yankees maybe. have been uh, not as great lately, so yeah, without should Judge, take advantage of that. Kind of flailing at the plate. Now that I've said that, uh, it's true. It's true. Okay, like it is true. Without Aaron Judge, the lineup isn't as strong. I don't think that's a jinx. I think that's just the truth. Um, yeah, he's essentially the whole offense. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I mean that's what they were saying on the radio. That they said he's been anchoring the offense, and without him, it just changes everything for the Yankees. Um. So yeah. Uh oh. It's a, so... uh, the Swanson heel issue though. Doesn't it sounds like he's gonna land on the injured list. Uh, yeah, sucks. but it, it looks, is going to be the All Star break, so that's good. Yeah, but it looks like the Cubs are going to be bringing up David Ross, best friend Miles Masturboni. I don't fucking understand. This. I I don't understand. I I don't. I either. don't it's, understand. Like, why don't you bring good. up David Bodie, who you're paying three million dollars? <laughs> play him at third, then you play Nico at short, then you play Morel at second. That solves everything. Bodie's a natural third baseman. Corner's a natural shortstop. Morel can play second. That's his most comfortable position. Whoever you play at first base, he can just catch the ball. That's it. Just do that. But no. They're going to bring up Miles Mastrobioni something. And they're going to. He's going to have seven at bats in one game, and he's going to go one for seven with an infield single, and then he's going to get picked off at first base. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> I hate Miles Mastrobioni. He does nothing. He's terrible. And he's like, he just encapsulates everything that David Ross loves about a player. He's old. That's him. If you're over the age of 31, you are David Ross's best friend. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded oh, really man. strange. But... <laughs> oh, worth noting, Cody Bellinger is currently on a 13-game hitting streak, which is the longest of his career. Indeed. So, uh, <sighs> he's hitting 300. Mm-hmm. Now, if the Cubs decide to sell, he's probably a really good trade piece. Right. Uh mm-hmm. Well, How I about think... that? The Cubs could fix him, but the Dodgers couldn't. That is something else. Yeah, I think when he signed and on his presser, he said something like the Dodgers weren't letting him do his own workouts or something. I don't know, something around that. Yeah, but I mean... He's doing good for us, so that's what matters good, most. So. People Probably called me crazy when I told him that he was going to be good. So crazy? Look who's right. Crazy ones. I'm still crazy, but I don't think I was crazy for saying that a former MVP rookie of the year would be good again after a few down years of dealing with an injury. It's actually interesting that this was the first time the Cubs had ever won. 
at Yankee Stadium. <sighs> yeah. I mean, they've only played there 13 times, so. Yeah. I mean, well, they're going to get more in the future. <laughs> like, you know, in the limited, yeah. you know, they've been around for 126-odd years. They've only played there 12 times. It's kind of sad. So this is back-to-back years of the Cubs going to New York and the Bronx to play the Yankees, so. I'm going to assume that the the Yankees are going to come to Chicago next year, and I think it will probably be Rizzo's return, assuming they pick up his option. Yeah, I don't know what option it is. Someone, I don't know. I think he'll probably still stay there. But, yeah, it looks like next year he could be returning. And he's the only one that hasn't returned, I think. Or Baez. Yeah, every Baez well, has Baez returned? No, no. So KB's only, the only one that has returned. And Schwarber, but Schwarber yeah, was Schwarber a different was, story. Yeah, that was a year early too. Schwarber was long gone. Uh, ESPN takes these unnaturally hard pictures of Cody Bellinger. <laughs> it's strange. He like hits a home run. This happened when he was on the Dodgers too. He hits he hits a home run, and ESPN comes out with a picture of him. And it looks like something out of Breaking Bad. I mean, it just like <laughs> just the the filter they throw on him. It just makes it like you know he's got like the bags under his eyes. Like, God, it's just Cody Bellinger, guys. It's okay, because then you go to the original picture and it's just like him hitting a home run. So, anyway, well, uh, so I guess. Oh, this episode, like we mentioned earlier, the draft. <laughs> oh my! Well, like like we said earlier, the draft is going to be at the end. So the draft player of the week will be right now. So not at the end of the episode this time. Ian Hap. Ian Hap. Ian Hap. Unbelievable! <laughs> Just like, yeah, Ian Hap for that game alone. Insanity. Yeah, he's definitely up there. Uh, I'm. I think I'm gonna go with Belly though. He's in the midst mm. of his hitting streak, got two homers. It's a good pick. Had that other. Uh, what was it? During that first game in Milwaukee, he had. Uh, RBI double as well. And he had four hits in Milwaukee in that one game, too. So, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, one last note. I wonder if after the Futures game, Pete Crow Armstrong will head to Iowa. That would be ideal because he's hit at every level so far, so no reason not to give him can... the bump. He can head to Iowa, and Kevin Alcantara can head to Double A, and then you really get the ball rolling for twenty twenty four because then you have like him, Casey, and Alcantara, and you could, uh, you know, you can have all those guys potentially up next year. Things go right, so then you really get that. Then you really get them close. Once they hit Double A, I feel like it becomes real. It's like okay, now they're actually they're coming. When they're in A ball, 
just feels like they're so far away. But then once they get to double A, it becomes like, oh, interesting. And then triple A is just, unless your name is Brennan Davis. Uh, well, that's that's catchy. different. Yeah, that is different. You're right. That is a special case. But triple A is almost like you just polish them up. You know, they're right there. You can go right. down and get them. You can reach over and grab them with your hand if you wanted to. But um, yeah, so that would be nice. Pete Crow Armstrong in double A. And if we sell, we might need them. So. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so we already did the intro or the outro at last night with the draft, so there will no will not be an outro right here. So this this will just take us right into the draft segment. So right into the second segment. Here we go. Yes, yes. Here it is. And now on to our next segment, all about the upcoming draft. We have a guest here to give us some info and other insights about this draft for, or I guess, current slash former Cubs fan page and prospect knowledge knower, 1060 Media. Hello. That was, that was a great way to, to introduce it. The <laughs> current slash former prospect slash Cubs slash baseball slash everything. Yeah, he's yes. still alive, but Hello yeah. 1060 Media coming out of coming out of hiding here for a minute. <laughs> right. So, from what we've heard, you have some insider info, I guess you could call it about this draft and the Cubs possibility yeah. of choices, which is yeah, a lot. Normally normally by whatever it is 3 days before the draft or Two days before the draft, you got a lot more info than this, but you don't have a ton right now. I can tell you. When is the draft? I do know. Uh, Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah. Okay, got it. So this is first time that we've had some draft info from somebody that knows stuff more than we do. So that's yes, good. Please lay it on us. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess you can just. Just lead the way. You can talk about whatever you feel is necessary. Um, so here's the, the way that I'm breaking it down right now is the Cubs pick at 13 for all the people who know or don't know. Uh, I think there's probably a group of like five or six guys that they could take. I'd yeah, go but... with uh, Namala, who's a shortstop uh Colin Houck, who's also shortstop. Uh, Tommy Troy, also shortstop. Oh, yeah, I had Tommy Troy in my mock, actually. That was who I had them taking. Yeah, Troy. Troy's like in the – the Cubs are probably the earliest he could go, but he could fall down to the 20-ish range. Um, Who else? Aiden Miller, who's a third baseman. Yeah, I saw on Twitter earlier some of the – well, I guess just in the comments, some people were talking about wanting a power-hitting third baseman. And his name came up in the mentions. Yeah, if you if you had to talk about like a best fit for the team, or, and like where the farm is right now, he's probably the guy. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold. But um, 
it wouldn't be a bad pick by any means. He's he's older. I think he's nineteen out of high school, hmm. which is something that like all the the data driven teams don't like very much. But it doesn't. I mean, if you rake, you rake. It doesn't make a difference. All right. How how are you nineteen out of high school? That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> and then you got make any uh, sense. Did Namal he get held back? Namal got held back at grades. <laughs> And Namala, um, you were saying? Yeah, Namala's 17, so he's like, he's a guy that people love because, like I said, the, the data-driven teams see that and, like, you know, even if he progresses slowly, he's probably off by the time he's 21 or 22. Hmm. Really? Interesting. Yeah. He plays yeah, that, third? He plays short. He, I okay. think he can stick it short, but like he's he's someone who could easily slide over to second or third. Yeah, okay. it's it's kind of why most, most short stops can slide over. I think exactly third bases. Yeah, yeah that's usually, usually short. It's usually what happens in the draft and international free agency because well, it just depends on the team, I guess. Most teams have a set shortstop for at least a couple years. Exactly. That's why. That's why. If you look at my mock that I sent you earlier today, it's like infield for every every person that would be listed as a shortstop. I just put infield because mm-hmm. you have no clue where they're going to end up. Yeah, that's probably the better thing. I I think just putting shortstop on their name is just kind of trying to sell them at a premium position to make some more money. Exactly. Exactly. And like everyone, if you can play shortstop. Like Tommy Troy played second base, I believe, at Stanford. If you can play shortstop, you can play any infield position. Exactly. So, so if you play shortstop at all, they're going to label you as a shortstop because that's what Mm -hmm. makes the money. Yeah. I didn't think about that. How like you could try to sell a player as a shortstop. Interesting. Even though they may be that's not there. Yeah. That's the same thing with like every first strategy ever. Every first baseman in the draft is sold as a third baseman or corner <laughs> outfielder or something that has more value. And we all know damn well yeah. that they're not going to play there. Yeah, like Matt Mervis was sold as a two-way player, I think. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone, everyone's trying to build value to get more money. And Schwarber, it works. Schwarber was a Bad catcher. Schwarber was, was a catcher. Right. But he was, he was actually a catcher, I think. He wasn't a good catcher. He could no, play. I think. Yeah, I think he only had a few games as a catcher with the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, I seem to remember one or two. I don't think they went very well. I think he made I, a couple errors. I think they knew very well that when they were drafting him that he was not going to be a catcher. Yeah, I mean, when they drafted him, everyone thought it was he was going to be a DH. Yeah. And he pretty much is a DH, so. Yeah. Something he's... totally un- unrelated to that. I always thought Epstein stuck with that a little too long. No, he's an outfielder. He's not, but okay. I mean, they I mean... had nowhere else to put him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They tried to stick him in left field and hope the ball would be hit that way, and it didn't work out very well. No, not really. Now he, pl- he plays left field for the Phillies, but... Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I think 
I think he's actually statistically the worst outfield defender in baseball. That would not surprise me. Yeah, that's what Epstein gets for drafting <laughs> basically a DH for the outfield. Yeah, this was ridiculous. But this is all Cubs related. Let's get back to the draft. It is. Yeah. Yes. Um so so a thing that like the the last couple years, Wicks and then Horton, they've gone with like the safer, I guess, college pitcher, not someone that's like gonna blow out their arm or whatever. They're like it's more confidence that they're gonna move through the system, which this year's probably Rhett Louder. I don't think he's gonna be there. He's he's a projected top ten guy. But if he's there at 13, 100% the Cubs are taking him. I don't know if Cade Horton was a safe pick because he had had a really bad regular regular season but had a great postseason in the College World Series, and he had been injured. But yes, I see what true. You're saying. But from, from like a, a profile type of – Oh, yeah. So like yeah, he's going to your college your, guy. Exactly. Like you've got your Paul Skeens type, which is completely different. That's like a <laughs> – like, he could be the best pitcher in baseball. He could also blow out his arm and be throwing 95, and then he loses all of his value. But, it's like, true. the safer guys who sit, like, you know, mid-90s range, throw strikes, that kind of stuff is what I think they they value most, with good stuff, of course. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't really know what to think about Wicks, to be honest. I don't really think he'll be a long-term rotation option for us. Jordan Wicks? Yeah. Hmm. I, I think he'll probably end up being a long relief guy. That's a problem. Well, with as long as he's that. effective, that's all I care about. Yeah. yeah the, mean, prob- the problem with those guys is if you shift into the bullpen, they're not like your average reliever, right? Because if you're throwing 92 with a five-pitch mix or whatever, that's not what you want. Uh, yeah, but that's why he'd be the long reliever. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he'd be like what Alzale was last year. Or what Keegan Thompson's supposed yeah. to be, at least. Or what Assad, I guess, if he even is on the <laughs> roster anymore or exists, if what yeah, he's supposed to if, be doing right now. If Assad was good. Assad, bro. Oh, my God. It's such a shame what happened to Keegan Thompson. I, <sighs> yeah. I, I wonder what happened. I think he might have been overworked last year. Maybe. Yeah, I, it's possible. Yeah, I didn't really like giving him starts, honestly. I remember that. Yeah, well, give it, give it to Ross to make a stupid decision and screw up someone's career. David Ross made a stupid <laughs> right. decision. What? Anyway. <laughs> oh, and he's getting uh, like Thompson was last time I checked. I haven't checked in a while, but he's been terrible in AAA. I thought he was on the injured list. I thought list. he was on like the yeah. Oh, like he might be now. I don't know. They they put him, they sent him down, and he his first couple outings were ugly. All right, back Sad. back to the. He draft was really stuff. good last year. He was. He was great. Um, it's too bad. And then of course, the the other option I guess as a pick would be Waldrip, out of Florida. Yeah, that's my he, guy. He's good. He's really good. Um, yeah, I feel like he's one of the few college arms that's a um, um, low floor and high ceiling guy. Yeah, I agree. The the ceiling's like really high. 
But yeah, but the Cubs and current the current situation with how the farm is and the current state of the team, I think they can afford that risk, especially because he's really close to the majors, and he would instantly be projected to be what? Well, without Stroman, he'd probably be number two in the rotation. Mm. Not like yeah. in a year, but you know, maybe when it comes maybe. up. Maybe I, I could see that. Yeah. Someone tweeted Palencia. There. Someone tweeted Palencia is what Estrada was supposed to be, is what Keegan Thompson was supposed to be. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out. So. But yeah. Oh Lord, you're right. Keegan has given up. 16 earned runs in 11 innings in the minors. What is going on with all the, with the Cubs bringing up like young arms and then they all immediately get injured? Like Nick Birdie, Ethan Roberts, uh, uh, Birdie was Cody Hoyer. kind of a journeyman. Yeah, we could throw. Oh, well, yeah. But like, what the heck? They, they barely throw Roberts, and then they get so. hurt. Roberts is nasty. Yeah, I think I he had a, He barely like threw. I don't know how he 30, I think he had like a 3,200 RPM slider. Yeah, I think he's a Frisbee. I haven't seen him in forever. I don't even know where he is. Yeah, Tommy John. I think he's yeah. coming yeah. back next year. I can't remember. Probably. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> back to the draft. Yes, so <laughs> Waldrop, yeah, is an option. I think the the thing that would probably scare him away from that would be it's like the same profile three years in a row. And I get they're all different. They all have different pitch mix or all of that. But like college pitcher three years in a row isn't something you see a, a whole lot. Yeah, but then again, they are trying to close this quote-unquote retool out by next year, I would assume. So they're – I think they're just trying to go fast-paced. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But, like, the probably, I don't know, 15 of the top 20 guys and the prep guys in the draft are middle infielders, we'll call them for, for now. But, and that that's like a, that's a hole in the system. And I think Good you get a big capital. advantage of how strong. Yeah. Um, so who's your top five picks that you would say for the Cubs? For the Cubs? Uh, Namala won for sure. Mm-hmm. Did I say go... trade capital? Or draft capital? No, doesn't matter. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, Namala won for sure. Um, I'd go, I don't know, are we counting louder? I, I think he'll be gone by then, so I won't count him. Uh, Waldrop, number two. Uh, three is a controversial one, but I'd say Tommy Troy. I'm a big Tommy Troy fan. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I don't really I, think, I think anybody would be mad at it. Yeah. Uh, four, we'll go with uh, Colin Houck. I think he's, he's pre- another prep guy. He's good. And then five will throw a wild card in. Uh, Chase Davis out of Arizona. Yeah. He's he's an outfielder and he's like 
you could probably get him significantly under slot, get another good player, and his like his date is probably top five in the draft. I'm gonna I'll pull it up and I'll talk about it in a minute, but <laughs> I haven't heard that for any Cubs mocks yet, but I have seen um two other names that I've only seen once but were interesting are Morales and Nolan Shanuel. Yeah, he's Shan- he's good. I I'm not a Morales fan, but Shanuel's good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think he had in the last year, I think it was 71 walks to 14 strikeouts. Wow. That's something crazy like that. Yeah. I'm on a sheet right now trying to pull up both of their. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs. Well, I guess strikeouts will cut down when wisdom is gone, but I don't like wisdom. <sighs> he he just fell off so bad. Oh well. Oh, uh never would have seen that coming. Someone that only hits home runs falls off. No way. Never would have guessed. I have to save this for the actual podcast uh, segment. Actually yeah, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Save it. Yeah, this is every everyone listening. This is being draft segment right now is being recorded a day before the actual time that we usually record. So that's why you're hearing all legions stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, a lot of Cubs Twitter have been saying they want. Enrico, Enrique Bradfield Jr., and that's not on my list at all. I don't he's, know who that is. He's from Vandy. He's an outfielder. Um, hmm. Really, like, 80-grade speed, I think, and maybe 70 defense. Like, he's like a PCA-type guy, but worse at hitting. Yeah. Uh, that's probably only one person that you should have on your team that's like that. And yeah, we already I mean, have one. So, I think if they traded him, he'd be chase bait or trade bait. Like he's, I don't know, he's he's a good player, but it, I don't think there's room for two, like you said. Yeah. All right, I'm trying to pull up this data on Chase Davis because he's someone. I haven't seen a mock to the Cubs at all, but like that would be kind of a wild card if they wanted to get creative with the bonus space and still get a really good player. Um, yeah, they did that last year, so it's never exactly. out of a never out of question. Chase Davis. All right, got it pulled up here. So, average exit velocity this year in college. This is crazy, actually. I didn't even realize it was this good. Um, 92 miles an hour. (laughs) Which is, I'll look at what Cruz is, but I think that's probably real, real close to what he had. Is this like public data on a website? Not at at all. Oh. (laughs) Um, Cruz is... I was wondering, they never showed any stats. Okay, Cruz is 95, but 
that's far and away the best player in the draft. That's crazy. That means he's averaging a hard hit ball, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Davis, like that's a guy who most people don't consider like a top twenty pick, and that's the kind of stuff that he's doing. Let's see if I can find some more. That's. I just hate how crowded our outfield is, and especially with the farm, it's crowded too. Me too. I think I think eventually some of those guys move to first base. At least someone, someone's gonna have to move to first base. Yeah, uh, but there's also a few options there. Mervis, obviously. Yeah. Um, McGeary, I think he could be good, especially for a 15th rounder. But I guess you uh, should always have a few options. Here's a little bit more that I got. Um, max exit velocity, 116 miles an hour. For a college players, really high. That's legitimate pop. Uh, Who's this for again? Chase Davis. Oh, okay. 20, 25% barrel rate. Jeez. Yeah, and 51% on the hard hit rate. So, like, that's... Big time numbers. That's good for a uh, five thirty one XWOBA. Oh my! Uh, wow! And you've probably both never heard of him before this, or very briefly heard of him. No, not at all. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's well, kind of like Arizona my guys guy. usually pan out pretty well. So. Maybe. Yeah, anyone out west, pretty much. Yeah. And then the other, on guy, the, water. the other guy I can pull up data for here that we talked about is Tommy Troy, who's someone that's been mocked to the clubs a couple of times. Tommy Troy. Um, 510 on base percentage. Through a full season of college baseball is crazy. We got. Let's see here. I know. Average. Go ahead. I was just gonna. Excuse me. I was just gonna mention. Um, I think it was a couple weeks ago. You and I had talked about him a bit, and you said that. What was it? I think you said his bat-to-ball skills were better than Nico's. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's... that's here's, here's your issue. This is what I'm looking at right now, which is kind of what I was thinking. Uh, average exit below this year, 84. Yeah, that's terrible. kind of... Yeah. That is... That's, like, again, like Nico. Yeah. It's not hitting the ball hard, but... That's what you get when you get that insane bat-to-ball skills. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Let's see what – I'm trying to see if this sheet has a strikeout rate. Yeah, it does. Okay. Awesome. Tommy Troy. K rate, 11%. Okay. Isn't isn't bad at all. 
I'm going to go back just mm. for the sake of the argument. Go back to my guy, Chase Davis. So I'm curious what that is. I'm telling you, this would be – I would be so happy with this pick. Chase Davis is also at an 11% strikeout rate. Wow, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and hitting the ball. Wow, for the power he has, that's kind of crazy. Exactly. Um, And then on the prep side, I don't have all the numbers, but I think out of all the prep players, including Max Clark, that Namala has like the highest max exit velocity. You know, you don't know what it is. I, I don't know what it is for sure, but that's what I've heard that from like the showcases and all that last summer. He had the highest registered out of anyone in the class, which is crazy. Like I, Yeah, so I would I would assume it'd be over one twenty. Uh I don't know. I I think I'd probably go in like the one one sixteen ish range is probably where it is. Oh, I thought but you said uh, who? Oh, was that him you were talking about? That you said one sixteen max for some other player. Yeah, I don't David, know if that's Davis was one sixteen. I'm talking about max for any uh, prep guy in the draft. Oh, oh okay, college yeah. Guy. yeah, okay. Because yeah. like, if he's hitting, a, I I think it would probably be about one sixteen, and that's a guy who's uh, seventeen yeah, years old. Seventeen years, yeah. And it's like, I don't know, maybe six one 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 seventy or something like that. Yeah, there's really too many good options to kind of set stone a pick, but Yeah, that's a good problem. But you did say you did say that you had or scared about a few guys that they could potentially pick. Yeah, so that's uh Jacob Wilson, I think, is number one for me on that the, the scare list, just because like he's a he's a bats ball guy. But I honestly, he he went to Grand Canyon University, which, as you can imagine, they're probably not playing the highest level of, of talent. So being a bats ball guy at a low level D one school is incredibly different than being a bats ball guy against what Major League Baseball is and is going to be as you get more and more a hundred mile an hour type guys coming in. Yeah. Uh, um, that was one of them. Was there? Who's the other one? Uh, Braden Taylor. Also, he's he's kind of a guy that I think is going to be in Japan or Korea in <laughs> five years. Honestly, like I don't have a better way to put it. It's just so he we went to TCU. Level of competition was fine. I'll pull up his stats right now. Um. There's just there's nothing great. He was kinda he was hyped up before the season and I think that like and his his counting stats and all that were pretty solid. He's got power, um strikes out at like a I think it's like twenty percent ish clip. Hmm. All of his uh expected numbers though were lower than his like performance. He is average exit velocity eighty eight, so that's not bad. But it's just it's a guy that if you got at pick twenty five, I'd be happy with. You get him at pick thirteen, it's a reach. And then the other guy that I have a 
like I said before, is Aiden Miller just because he misses the ball a lot. And he's 19 coming out of high school, which means like it's a couple lost years of development. He probably won't be up until he's 24, 25. Yeah. So that's probably similar to like Jordan Westberg. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Which, I mean, I think Westberg is solid, but I don't want to have to wait for him to be in the right before the years of his prime when he gets called up. Exactly. And it's like, it's just someone that you're less confident in, right? Because more time you have to develop, the more confident you're going to be in your guy. Right. And that's like, I think that was the same with uh, Jordan Lawler a few years ago, who has panned out well for them. Like, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be bad. But he was he was the same kind of guy. He was like really old, coming out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said earlier, I think the Cubs are at a point where they can take those risks and still have be comfortable with the state of their farm system. But who do you think the guy is the shortstop in the in the farm? <sighs> the guy. Well, what was the question? Who who would you say the best shortstop is? Like who would you have the most confidence in going uh, for the farm system? I have no idea. I mean, Hernandez is down there, but there's not many people. Exactly. Maybe Kevin Made. How's he doing this year? I don't, pay I don't know. That's the thing. There's not really anyone. Cool. That's why they needed Swanson. I know. Like um, some... Hernandez is doing well. Christian's brother. Yeah, I know. I know it was one of the prospect guys. That's. I want to say it was Keith Law that wanted to put Made in the top 100. That's yeah, aggressive. he was a little nuts with his lists. I mean, that's great for narratives, I mean, but yeah, yeah, sure, why not? He's hitting two thirty-four right now. Made, yeah. I mean, that's not terrible. I know Yisan Santana's doing good, but I think he shifted over to first base. Was he a? He was a Darvish trade guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how he's doing. He's Santana's actually pretty decent. He's doing really good this year, I know that. But overall, what about I mean, the other guy, Ismael Mina or whatever? Uh, oh God, I forgot about him. Probably not a good thing. Mina and uh, Preciado are yeah. not doing great. Yeah, but, well, so. yeah, I mean, it's not like it was bad trade. You got one to two good players out of it. Yeah, at the it. time, at the time, Preciado was supposed to be pretty good. I mean, he's only got eighty abs this year, so I guess we'll see. But he hasn't looked great so far. At the time, it was like a horrible trade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I think they knew what they were doing. They probably figured that. At least one out of the four would pan out in some way. Yeah, it looks like it's Casey. And you can't forget about Cubs legend Zach Davies, of course. Oh, God. 
I don't know how he's still on an MLB team. He's got like a 6.5 ERA with the D-backs. He's better than Jamison Tyon. <laughs> That's sadly true. I think because Tyone's ERA is like tomorrow. six point eight. Oh, he pitches batting. tomorrow. Tyone against yep. the Yankees—that is not going to go is, over well. That is, that is going to be like that thirty is a to recipe three for disaster. That's his. It's mm-hmm. his revenge start. No, it's not. That <laughs> that would. You know, if he did, if this was his revenge start, that that would be the most surprising. The thing is, thing is he, in twenty twenty three, his stuff's not even that bad. Like he'll strike it's just out, terrible. he'll strike out eight guys and then give up four home runs. Yeah, I. It's kind of pretty much how he's done his entire out. career. Well, I mean, he's never really been a strikeout guy other than like his first or second year, but he's actually getting a pretty good amount this year, surprisingly. The problem is when he misses, he <laughs> he's misses still terrible. Right I'd, I'd rather him walk everyone than. You throw the ball right down the middle and let him key off. <laughs> yeah, I do think most of his strikeouts are looking, though. Not going to lie to you. Yeah. No no uh, one swings at his pitches and misses. Ever. No. Uh, man. I, I don't like him. Well, Unfortunately, we'll, years of him. we'll have to. Oh, I it was, oh, wait. No, we got four maybe. I don't know how long it was. Yeah, it was four year contract, so three and a half more years. Three and a half. Count I don't know. I, I think they, I don't know about that. they might try the to do a Chatwood. salary dump with him if he's not good after next year. I don't think anyone wants a guy who has a seven ERA and is getting paid well, I, twenty million. Yeah, you never know. Year. Someone wanted James Shields once upon a time. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I think he should get the Tyler Chatwood treatment bullpen. Chatwood had good stuff, man. I was always a Chatwood believer. Yeah, he, he just had like zero command. Remember, yep. he had like six straight good starts in 2020 to begin the season. Yeah, and then right. he went back to walking 15 people a game. Mm-hmm. Is he still around? I want to say he signed a minor league deal the other day. Oh, yeah, with the Pirates. That's right. I remember now. That's, a, that's not a bad pick. I mean, if they can fix him. I'm not sure anyone can fix him, but no one could. Can he'd fix be good. Him. All he's got to do is throw the ball around the strike zone. Like his stuff moves enough that he gets swings and misses. Yeah. I mean, he'll, game in he'll still get strikeouts. And give up a grand slam. It's my lasting memory of Tyler Chatwood. Uh, your record in Cubs games is just the Cubs won that game. Small. Well, I was yeah, not was there. <laughs> that I'm that makes real. sense. God damn it! I was I was there, and then we left because it was so important that we had to go home because my little brother was pitching in a Little League game. doesn't make any sense. You spend 300 bucks to go to these games. You might as well stay to the end. <laughs> I wanted to kill my father, and Rizzo Hill walk off home run that landed on Sheffield Avenue. I was pissed. Not, not a good game to miss. Nope, and then the next game I went to, they lost. That and they've been the losing ever since. Yeah, it was them 7 and 18. So I've seen a tie-on game this year. You saw a tie-on game this year, and they both lost. 
Yeah, I saw Tyron's first start as a Cub, and he was terrible. So, oh, every time he pitches, yeah. Oh, he's got to turn it around at some point. He's not this uh, One of Justin got... Steele's two losses. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> I think oh, I got two more starts, and then I don't know what they do with them, but they, they got to do something. He needs the Phantom Isle right now. Know that much. Can't continue. He's a big reason why we're so far under. I mean, even if we were like 500 or even like three games under 500 in the games he started, we'd still be like at 500 record wise. Yeah, we're like 2 and 12 when he pitches. Like tomorrow is a guaranteed loss. I'm telling you, for Ben. No. (laughs) Who's pitching for them? (laughs) Uh, Someone good. Rodon. Oh, God. Really? Wait, Rodon is pitching? I I thought he was out for the year. This is going to be a season debut. Oh, my God. Time for 12 strikeouts in eight And and then Cole Cole after that game, and then Herman the next game. All right. So we're getting swept is what you're saying. No revenge game, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully we can at least – Get to Rodon and his season debut, and just take the Cubs one have game. never won in Yankee Stadium. That's probably true. No, it's true. Is it actually? Well, in, yes. Well, like in history, that can't be right. Can in, in the new one, maybe. Yeah. No, they have never won in New York. <laughs> oh, that's. I hope that's not true. It is. <laughs> if if all goes, I'm wrong telling you this weekend, is true. I'm gonna look it up right now. If all goes wrong for the Cubs this weekend, which is probably gonna happen, at least uh, my pain can be wiped away by them hopefully drafting someone good on Sunday night. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the best case scenario. Between the and then... season and World Series matchups, the Cubs are now 0-12 in the Bronx and 4-23 and against the Yankees all-time. I saw... Uh, oh, that is unbelievable. That is amazing. The Cubs met in the World Series with the Yankees like every year back in the 1930s. <laughs> I know you and I were both at that game at Wrigley where uh, Brett Gardner hit that two-strike, two-out home run to give him the lead off on Dome. Yep, I was there. And then the uh, fake rally in the ninth. Imagine that. They were outscored seventeen to eight in the nineteen thirty two World Series and thirteen to five at Yankee Stadium. They haven't won a game. Both at Yankee Stadium. Stadium. Go back to the nineteen thirties. That's crazy. Well, I guess like Yankees have got a chance of history. I guess so. No steel. <laughs> the the title of this article is Cubs have somehow never beat the Yankees. In the <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. That's, that's sad. I almost saw them win last year. They almost did it last year. They went to 12 innings and the Cubs lost 2-1. to one. I was there. It was the best loss I've ever been to. It was so much fun. God, I remember Alec Mills made his season debut in New York last year. With a mustache. Is he? 
He's still in the system. What happened to him? He's on the Reds, but he just got DFA'd, so I guess he won't be in a day or so. <laughs> so I guess he's not on the Reds. <laughs> well, he did. I think he pitched once for him this year. He's on the Reds and just got DFA'd. Well, I guess he's not on the Reds then. Well, well technically, he, uh, he has to clear waivers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. He threw his no-hitter. That's all we need to clear. He was actually decent as a starter in 2021. Believe it or not, you know Derek Jeter hit the first and only grand slam of his entire career against the Cubs. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's Who's it incredible, off? actually, because they only played him every three years. Wait, that's impressive. <laughs> oh my God, how many grand slams has Derek Jeter had? Derek Jeter has only one grand slam in his 20-year MLB career. He recorded his first Grand Slam on the 18th of June in 2005. To say who was one Grand Slam. My money's on Carlos Sobrano. That's my money. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. In 253 career at bats with the bases loaded, he had one Grand Slam. (laughs) The Grand Slam came. Oh, my God. June 18th, 2005, interleague confrontation against the Chicago Cubs. The Yankees won 8-1. to Okay. It's crazy. Looking up the game. Uh, the Cubs improved. The Cubs were actually above 500 at that time. Something I know nothing about. History. <laughs> okay. So, uh... Glendon Rush was the pitcher, I guess. Then, but then Rich Hill was the reliever. Yeah, it was Glendon Rush. Rich Hill. God, that guy's old. That's an uh, Derek Cheater's on the ground. Oh, my God. Oh my God. <laughs> Brick played for like 24 years. <laughs> That's sad. And he probably only played the Cubs like five series. Once. Or yeah, like two times or something. That's fine. I'm stacking Um. So, I guess anything else about the draft that you got in mind? Um. Second round, guys, is a is an interesting thing because, of course, the Cubs don't actually have a second round pick, but they have like a comp pick for Contreras. Mm-hmm. I hope that it. guy comes to be the greatest player in the That'd history be great. of the sport. That would be I, amazing. Who? The Whoever. comp pick for Contreras. Oh, that would be really funny. What's I, That's like 60, 65 maybe? I thought it was 68. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know the exact number. I just know it's in that range. Which is like... That pick depends on who they're first round pick is because if they can get someone under slot like go back to my guy Chase Davis then they'll go like really high upside probably high schooler that's my guess it is worth it is worth noting that the two played each other in an exhibition series when the new stadium first opened in 2009 and on brand with the theme of this piece the Yankees won both games if you want to count those then increase the regular season record to 0 and 14 (laughs) <laughs> wow what that's, the hell that's 
I what? wasn't watching. Like, how? How is that possible? That's so weird. Uh, okay, a um, chance at history for sure. Like, good lord. Yeah, hopefully they can just come away with one. That would make me happy. One, the Yankees. <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. All right. Um, second round. Your guys. Whatever you were going uh, on about. There we go. I told you. I told you earlier who my guys were. Let's see. Um. Oh yeah, you did. Where is it? Let me pull this up. Do you have it? You have it quicker than me, then you can just uh Bove Bove. Yeah, he's a he's a third baseman guy. Honeyman Right. Sakura Tanner Witt. Those were the four that you mentioned. Sakura is like the the uh high power type of guy. He throws like hundred one, I think. <laughs> I actually I watched him play. He's he's legit. Hundred and one good off speed. All that kind of stuff. Um but maybe like, they will go with two college guys. He's a he's a high school. Oh oh yeah, you said if they take college. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So but that's gonna be a ton of money. I think he's probably I think he's a Texas commit. That's gonna take a ton of money to get him. Yeah, well I it just really depends on that first round pick because I think there's, I don't know, I think they kind of will go under slot first round again. It's been the tendency for several years. Yeah, it's true. I have I have something interesting that's not draft related. It's about Wilson <laughs> Contreras. Oh boy. Do we want to hear this or do we want to say that? I I think I'll I'll hear it. Let's let's see what it is. Okay. So this is from Michael K. Because you know I was looking at the Cubs and Yankees, and Michael K. is the Yankees guy. So like this article got mentioned about Contreras. So Michael K. said because Contreras got benched earlier in the season. So mm-hmm. K. says I found out something. Uh, oh, goddamn ad! I found out. I was talking to a lot of the Cardinal people. Said K. The reason that they took Contreras out from behind the plate, he was calling pitches that the pitcher on the mound didn't have. <laughs> he would be calling. He would yeah. be calling for a cutter, and the pitcher didn't throw a cutter. <laughs> the pitchers were going crazy. That's why. That's unbelievable. Like, bruh. I, I can't believe they didn't make a bigger deal out of that. That's embarrassing. <laughs> How do you mess that up? It's not that hard. <laughs> Oh, man. oh my god! What a dumbass! Just like you know, the mound <laughs> meeting is so awkward. Like, hey, come here, come here. What? I don't throw that goddamn thing. They have an iPad Whoops. sitting in the dugout with all the pitches. In there, I'm sure there's probably a I don't, big. I don't throw up. that pitch. Whoops! It's it's comical. I, Cardinals are just they're awful this year, and it's the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Okay, we can get back to the draft now. Yeah, probably right. Great, yeah, great okay. addition. I'm sorry for interrupting. That's worthwhile. <laughs> right. All right, draft. So, yeah, same same kind of stuff that I was saying. It's just like the they're going to have to balance it out between the first round and the second round, I think. 
like for if first round is an expensive yeah. over slot guy, then second round's gonna have to be like an older, older college guy, and then vice versa. Yeah. That's how you think it'll go, or uh, yeah, that... I they could go two two college guys and just get yeah, I... slot value, but I wouldn't bet on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't remember the other years, but yeah, they probably will go down that path again of. <clears throat> Under or over the first pick, and then 20, the opposite second pick. Twenty one was Wicks and then Triantos, so that's the same same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, safe college and then high upside. I can't remember who's our second round in uh, twenty twenty. Uh, that stupid reliever guy is terrible. Oh God. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was his name? Yeah. Oh my! I had such high hopes for him. I remember that. Wait, who? Burl Caraway, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember I made a mock trade of Chris Bryant going somewhere, and then I added Burl Caraway, and then, I don't know, Legion, you commented under saying, no, not Burl. <laughs> well, I had high hopes. I was like, yeah, Burl. Because it said he could move through the system quickly, and then he just didn't. Yeah. I don't even know where he is now. Oh, also worth noting, we released Bryce Ball the other day. I saw that. Why did we do that? I guess he was doing pretty bad, yeah. Yeah. Terrible Jock Peterson trade. It sucked how bad Jock was, because after that, after we traded him, he's been great. (laughs) Yeah, but what are you going to do? That's that's the Cubs thing. He was great before, yeah. Yeah. And then, unless uh, your name is back. Dansby Swanson, because Dansby Swanson has been good off the bat, just something True. that no one expected. Yeah. So, like that, their drafting thing is kind of always the same. Like the the Horner draft was Horner first round, Davis second round. So it's like a they kind of always have that safer guy and then high upside guy kind of deal. And then. Uh, 2020 was flipped, right? Because Caraway was supposed to be the safe guy, and uh, Howard was kind of the gamble. And they lost completely on both. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's on that entire draft. That entire draft was absolutely terrible. Uh, who else was in that? I honestly can't name anybody else from that draft. I don't even know. It was only seven rounds, right? It was five. It was like five. Well, they they got Mervis undrafted. Yes, and they got a uh, Jordan Wogu, I think is. Oh, Wogu. He's been yeah, doing okay. I like him. I remember Let's when that draft happened? Works. I thought, okay, yeah, this is good, and then like nothing fucking worked out from that draft class. Yep, so that's, that's how it works. Yeah. Let's see. Third round was Wogu. Yeah. Fourth round, Luke Little. That's decent. Is Fifth he, round, Moreno. Hard. Yeah, he throws like one on one. And then fifth round, that is like Moreno. Go throw. ahead, go ahead. Yeah. Just... Also, the Cubs uh, threw a not the major league Cubs, but I think it was South Bend. South Bend. Myrtle yeah. Bench threw a yeah, hitter, no hitter tonight with Michael Arias starting, who's he's, been he's really exceptionally good. good. Yeah. He kind of came out of nowhere, kind of like Luis Devers from last year. 
I I didn't know anything about him, but I just I saw a video of him pitching the other day. The guy's an athlete. Yeah, he's got a nasty changeup. Uh, that's good. Does he project to be like a starter or a reliever or what? Um, probably reliever eventually. I think his stuff's kind of electric. Yeah, I think he can be a good reliever. And there's just way too many spots. Why do we have too many relievers? We need starters. <laughs> I mean, you got uh, Brown. I mean, yeah. After this, I mean, yeah. All the starters now, and then after this draft, they're gonna get some. I think at least, but not guaranteed. I think obviously. I think Harris can be a starter. Oh yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Ferris. Yeah, Jackson Ferris, Kate Horton too, obviously. Mm-hmm. Ferris is moving up quick too. I I think he'll be really good. I think That's they both worked out. Yeah, I think he's in Myrtle Beach right now, which is crazy. Cause he yeah. like he skipped like all the other. Yeah. yeah, so did Horton, didn't he? He just, like, immediately went to Myrtle yeah. Beach. Now he's in South mm-hmm. Bend. Because he yeah. allowed no hits in Myrtle Beach or something like that. Oh, did you get kicked out? Yeah, I did. I don't know what oh. happened to that. Is he gone? Sometimes um, that happens. It's dumb, but eventually. I don't know why. It's... Yeah, I don't know. But you're back. Cool. So... Uh, your other names. Who did we talk about so far for the second round? Um, uh, I think you still haven't talked about Tanner Witt yet. He's he's kind of another just your like average college pitcher type of guy. You know, like there there's not a whole lot special, but he'll be he'll be good. Like he's not something. He's a kind of higher higher floor type of guy. Probably like a four or five starter if, if he works out. Yeah. Second round's a crash this... there. You never know. Yeah, yeah, literally everybody. But at least you can get a good idea on a lot of them. At least yeah. first round. Absolutely. I, uh, I'm i still deciding, but I might do some stuff after, just like talking about it, maybe make a post or something. Yeah, we, your last post was the Cubs signing Eric Osmer. I think you need to make oh, some pressure. That's bad. <laughs> oh. I, I'm interested in what my commentary on that was. I remember when I wanted them to trade for him because I wanted them to get Campusano. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they should have done How's How is he even doing? I have no idea. Yeah. I am number 539-06699 to join Threads. I don't even know if I'm going to join that, honestly. Twitter. Yeah, I already got Twitter, though. Twitter. I heard it, but... And then delete it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Uses it. 
Well, I, there's just a lot of good information on there and a lot. It's true. Especially there's about, also yeah. a lot of terrible but, information on there. <laughs> Camposano only has, no oh, wait, oh, yeah, he has 20 at-bats this year, so nothing really okay. to... Yeah. Where is he? San Diego. Uh, hmm. Where he's what? always been. I thought he was in uh, Washington. What? That's, or no, that was the, that was the that other was the guy. Dodgers guy. Yeah. No, it was. I was thinking of the Soto trade. Oh. Oh, uh, yeah. Now he was from Scherzer. And Turner. Ruiz. Yep. Yeah, he kind of is mid, to be honest. Well, Taylor Swift dropped a new album, so this is all over social media right now. Oh my! I I can't. I I don't want to hear that name. Correct. <laughs> I'm just like on because uh, I, I still have the app because I want to be able to like see how the prospects are doing. But uh, oh my god, it's like everything Taylor Swift related and then it just says White Sox and then it just continues <laughs> with Taylor Swift. <laughs> uh, White Sox, so that's hilarious. They, yeah. uh, oh, well. they didn't do so well. No. no Lost no. both games today. Good. They did. Gave up a home run to Whit Merrifield. No, he gave up two homers to him today. And Tim Anderson has hit the exact same amount of home runs at guaranteed right field over the last two years as Whit Merrifield hit today. Anderson doesn't have a homer this year at all. Yeah, exactly. Remember when he was the best shortstop in Chicago for like two minutes? Like that brief time where the Cubs didn't have Javier Baez. Yeah, you could even argue that Nico was better than 22. Yeah, and then yeah. Nico Horner became the shortstop, and then Dansby Swanson became. So it was just like he now had he's two the months. Third best shortstop in Chicago, and there's only two teams. <laughs> That's sad. Uh, <clears throat> if you had told me at the beginning of the year that the White Sox would be in fourth place and below 500, I would have said, really, again? But then I would have said, like, yeah, considering <laughs> how last year went, I get it. But if you had told me, that the St. Louis Cardinals would be in last place. <laughs> well, thank Wilson Contreras oh for the pitches that don't exist. Yeah. He really did his part. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have believed you. Like, probably run. I got a morning flight tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine going back in time and telling someone that, hey, next season, right. the Cubs are going to be in like third or fourth place. But there's going to be one team that's having a worse season than them. Really? Who? The Reds? No, the Cardinals. And, and the Reds will be winning what? the division. Yeah. What? Yeah, like the Reds will be winning the division. It's at that point that you run away screaming. Because what the hell? Uh, all right. Anything else draft-wise we got here? I I think that's all I got for right now. We'll talk more, I guess, after after it happens. See. Yeah. Opinion on all of it is how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, so I guess that wraps up this episode. Anybody yep. else has anything this else? Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this is techni- this is technically the end of the episode because I'm putting it after the recaps and all. After the rant, I've been eating the entire time. Hopefully, no one can hear me. <laughs> 
Uh, I think we've just grown accustomed to it. It's either cereal uh, or popcorn every time. It's, it's both. <laughs> it's oh, both. Man. All and right. M&M's this time. All right. Um, so thank you for coming on and giving us this insight about the draft. And well, if you want to come on again after and get. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done. All right. So he'll. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll wrap this one up. Thank you for coming on. 1060. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll have uh, more after. Bull. Well, I guess you'll see him in the next episode as well, but that'll end this one. So thank you and goodbye. All right. Goodbye.